Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, folks. This episode is sponsored by Audible.com. That's the world's leading provider of downloadable audiobooks. And uh, with this sort of sponsorship deal, you can sign up to a 30-day trial free. So you can try out their service completely free. And that includes the download of one audiobook of your choice from their massive library. Uh, and they've got loads and loads and loads of audiobooks, including, for example, the Harry Potter series, uh, newly available, fairly new to the audiobook world on Audible. You can get all the Harry Potter stuff. Uh, and just, you know, pretty much any book that you can think of uh, is out there. So uh, check it out uh, and go to audibletrial.com slash teacherluke or click an Audible logo on my website and you can get started. All right, then. Thanks for listening. Here's a new podcast starting right now. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing fine. Um, Everything's normal here, I suppose. Well, normal? Not really normal because the sun is shining and it's nice and hot. It must be in the region of about nearly 30 degrees today. And I've decided that I'm going to spend the next, what, hour or so recording an episode of the podcast. And since the weather is so nice, I'm outside. I'm standing on the terrace right now as I record this. Uh, it's a bit weird if I stand up because uh, there are people, I imagine there are people in these buildings all around me. Some of them have got their windows open. I, I imagine that they'll be able to then see me standing here talking into a microphone on a rooftop. And they might think, what on earth is going on over there? Well, clearly he's talking into a microphone. But what is this event that's happening? What's going on? This is so exciting. Um, and I don't know, they might take uh, more of an interest in me than they normally would have done. What I'm trying to say is that it could be awkward if people see me talking into a microphone up here. So I'm just going to sit down and I've decided I'm going to take, well about an hour, maybe as long, however long it takes, to record an episode of the podcast in which I do just that. I just sit here in the sunshine. I've basically, you know, given myself an hour or two um, to just sort of laze about in the sun um, and uh, record an episode of this podcast. And I just want to ramble in this one, um, just that. Just want to ramble on about whatever comes uh, through my head. There's absolutely no preparation at all for this episode. Sometimes for podcast episodes, I do do, I do do, I do do some presentation, uh, presentation, yes, always, but I do do some preparation in advance of recording, which means I kind of write down notes or even bits of script that I, that I then read from, or I do other bits of preparation, like I do some research into the subject I'm talking about so that I make sure that I'm, you know, vaguely accurate on most of it. Um, But in this one, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to 
sort of spill my brains into an episode of the podcast, just rambling with no preparation. I've been doing quite a lot of fairly serious episodes on this podcast about language and stuff and politics, and I expect there will be more to come. But in this one, I just don't really want to feel obliged to make any serious points at all. So there, there's unlike, it's unlikely that you're going to hear some serious stuff about any of the serious things. Instead, I'd much rather just be a bit lighthearted and just talk about whatever comes into my head in an effort to just relax and have fun and enjoy the sunshine up here on the terrace. Um, so nothing's written down. No idea what I'm going to talk about. Um, I have got loads of episodes in the pipeline um, that I could be working on, but uh, instead today I've just decided to focus on whatever whatever just comes along. It might be quite inane and stupid. I've no idea how the podcast is going to be filled up. It might be a load of old nonsense. Don't take it too seriously because um, it's nice sometimes to just sit back and have fun and just talk nonsense for a bit, don't you think? Oh, it's great. It's It's the perfect way to blow off steam and have a bit of fun and also kind of get the uh, get the brain working a bit because you've got to be quite creative to talk complete nonsense. Um, and it's, you know, it's just fun, isn't it? You know when you're with your friends and you just uh, really good friends that you've known for ages and it doesn't really matter what you talk about. You don't have to do all the nice stuff. You can just sort of say whatever stupid stuff comes into your head. That uh, often is the most fun way to socialize, in my opinion. And that's what I want to do on the, the podcast today, okay? Um, so don't take too much of this too seriously. Uh, who knows what kind of vocab or idioms will pop up and maybe some other bits um, and pieces as well. We'll see what kind of language arrives during the, uh, the episode. Um, so your expectations should be on, on a full ramble with no particular language aim than to just follow the English as it, as it, uh, as it comes. Um, all right, then. So you know what I'm going to do to help me um, so that I don't have to completely make it all up off the top of my head, which um, which I could do, but I'll, I'll, I'll only end up talking about the weather and things like that because that's what's going on in my immediate surroundings. I don't have beer. I wish I had beer right now. Um, I really do. This would be the ideal situation in which I could s- sit and drink a beer uh, at this point. Um, and uh, so it's a great pity that I don't have one. Uh, I did have one earlier. I didn't drink it today. I tr- had one yesterday. Um, and oh my goodness, there is nothing quite like a uh, an ice cold beer on a sunny afternoon, don't you think? Oh, it's so good. Uh, especially when you've kind of given yourself the afternoon off, pretty much. Um, so anyway, we'll see what kind of tangents and things come out of this episode. Who knows, I might even uh, go downstairs and buy a drink or something. Something crazy, anything can happen. I might actually go downstairs. Whoa, hold on to your hats. Um all right, so what I've also got here is um, a stupid website that I just discovered by Googling. Um, I was Googling for, I wanted like stupid facts, surprising facts, you know, 10 crazy facts that you didn't know. Um, I was looking for that kind of thing and I just stumbled off, stumbled across, I stumbled across, I came across this website, ninefacts.co.uk. And basically, it's one of these sort of like meme, a bit like a meme site, like Nine Gag or something. Uh, but they have these facts, these spurious facts. I've got no idea if these facts are actually true, if they're accurate. No idea at all if there's any basis of of genuine fact in these things. But anyway, they're interesting little talking points. This could be quite good in in an English lesson. 
You could print out some of these facts and give them to students to discuss, and you could feed in some discussion language and all the other relevant vocab that you'd need. That would be good. Um, so I'm, you'll find the link to ninefacts.co.uk uh, on the page for this episode, and you might be able to actually see some of those stupid facts that I'm talking about. So what I'm going to do is go through these nine facts while lazing here on a, on a nice sunny afternoon, wishing I had beer, um, and I'm going to go through these stupid facts, and we're going to just talk about them. Uh, evaluate whether they might or might not be true and just kind of expand on them and, you know, just talk some nonsense about each one. It's just going to be the uh, the basis for me to just go off on one about these topics. And the first one is, the first fact that we have here, fact in inverted commas, um, is this one, that there apparently there is a toilet-themed restaurant in Taiwan where food is served on miniature toilets. Okay, so there's a picture of this. You can see two people dining in the restaurant and they're sitting on toilets and there's a glass table in the middle which is kind of propped up on a couple of other toilets. You know the toilets that you sit on if you have to do a number, probably a number two or if you're a lady, a number one, I would imagine. Anyway, there's two gentlemen there sitting down eating their food, sitting on toilets. A toilet-themed restaurant in Taiwan. Now, if if you're from Taiwan, you can verify this is there a toilet themed restaurant where you're from um and if so why does it exist can anyone tell me it doesn't seem to be the the ideal like combination of things right i don't know if the toilets in the restaurant are fully functioning toilets like you can just sit there and eat and eat and eat and you know you never have to worry about having to you know stop you can just make it a continuous cycle and again, why? Well, you know, if you love food, then that might make sense. But it's, that's pretty disgusting. I don't think it's actually very, very harmful or anything. It's just a bit of fun. Hey, let's have a crazy restaurant where we sit on toilet seats. Oh, brilliant. And the seats can have like funny little, little designs on them. Oh, it's so crazy and wacky. Uh, that's probably what it is. I'm sure it's extremely clean. It's Taiwan. Isn't Taiwan a very clean country? I don't know why I've got that idea in my head. It's a terribly clean country, isn't it, Taiwan? Don't know if it is. If you're from there, or if you've been there, give me a rating of Taiwan in terms of its cleanliness. And what do you think of the toilet-themed restaurant? Would you go there? I wonder what's on the menu, to be honest. I would, I would certainly be wary of ordering a number two in a toilet-themed restaurant. Right? Yeah, that was a joke there. Did you catch that? I'm talking to no one. Unless some of the people around here are listening. Going, oh, is, this, is this a joke? Is this is this his British humour? Huh? Probably. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Um, and um, the next one is this, that uh, 31% of rock star deaths are related to drugs or alcohol. 31% of rock star deaths are related to drugs or alcohol. So that means 31% of rock stars who die die because of drugs or alcohol now i would like to question the veracity of that statement first of all how do they get the figure of 31 percent i mean how does someone classify as a rock star i suppose there's a list of rock stars right maybe like wikipedia's got a list of all the known rock stars and then their causes of deaths and they counted it all up 31 percent maybe that's what that is um but other than that i mean i think it's quite possible don't you because rock stars are known for leading that rock and roll lifestyle. It's just sex and drugs and rock and roll, right? Probably in that order as well. Uh, Or, no, probably drugs, then 
sex, then rock and roll, and then a bit of sex, and then some more drugs, and then some more sex, and then a bit more rock and roll. I imagine it's probably that order, but you couldn't do that. That wouldn't. That's a ridiculous name for uh, for a form of music. Sex and drugs and rock and roll and drugs and sex and sex and drugs and sex and rock and roll. No, that's stupid. Anyway, uh, lots of rock stars do die from from uh, taking drugs. That's weird, isn't it? That uh, rock and roll music and drug taking and alcohol use are so closely associated. Uh, I wonder why that is. I mean, I suppose that getting into a drunken or inebriated state or high or something, it kind of goes along with the the sort of um, what's the word for it? The the kind of rambling lifestyle of uh, a rock star that you go from one town to the next, from one party to the next. And certainly if you're going to keep performing every night at a high level, giving lots of energy, then often you do need some sort of stimulation to get you through. Lots of bands really used a lot of stimulants to keep them performing, to keep them energized. The the Beatles, for example, are well known for that. Well, are they well known for it? They're not really, I suppose. in In the early days when the Beatles really became the Beatles, when they were performing those gigs in in clubs in Hamburg in Germany, which is really, that's where they cut their teeth as a live band. They were taking like this, this, these pills called Preludin, which was used at the time for slimming, I think. Slimming pills that I guess sort of housewives would take in order to keep their weight down. Well, the Beatles were given these pills by the waiters at the clubs that they used to play in in Germany. And they would be up all night, you know. Often they would be playing uh, sets for six or seven hours straight of rock and roll music. And they'd be, according to George Harrison, one of the members of the band, they were up there frothing at the mouth uh, and playing all through the night. And it's kind of, you know, important, important, useful to keep you up if you're a musician. So I suppose it goes together with the lifestyle. Also, if you've just done a big concert in front of loads of people and it's been incredibly intense and exciting, then sometimes it's difficult to come down from that experience. And so I guess for some of these rock stars, they kind of turn to drugs or alcohol as a way of somehow bringing themselves down or maybe even sort of continuing the uh, excitement of the live shows. Um, And, you know, people have said also that taking drugs can actually um, sort of... um, add to the experience of playing music, uh, that it actually kind of allows you to hear the music and feel the music a lot more than when you're not doing it. So maybe that's the reason. But I would question the number of 31% exactly. I wonder how that works out. A lot of these people, it seems, died when they were 27. Have you heard about that? 27 years old. A lot of famous rock stars died at that age, like Kurt Cobain and Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and I believe Jim Morrison and a few other people all died at age 27. It's rather mysterious and spooky. Uh, Here's another one. Uh, from ninefacts.co.uk and it says men with shaved heads are perceived as an inch taller as an inch taller and 13% stronger than men with hair okay (laughs) really another percentage plucked out of nowhere here apparently men with shaved heads are perceived as an inch taller so if you see a man with a shaved head you will think that he's an inch taller than he actually is I don't know how what how does that work that the shaved head makes you like hallucinate or that it somehow bends the light because the light reflects off the the head and it bends the light and it turns it into a prism and there's a sort of um you know like a kind of a mirage that 
is created around the light shining off the, 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 the scalp. And it creates this mirage and it makes the person look an inch taller. Um, and uh, also 13% stronger as well. It also endows you with uh, uh, 13% extra strength. I, again, I don't know how they came up with the number of 13%. But there it is. And there's a picture to prove this. There's a picture of The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, who is um, a, uh, an extremely tall and strong man. So this is the guy they've chosen to illustrate this fact. They could have chosen someone else, couldn't they? I mean, they could have chosen Danny DeVito, who is uh, also a bald-headed chap. Lovely bloke, by all accounts. And I wonder if that makes him an inch taller. Maybe it does. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't matter if your stature at all. And that maybe, in fact, Danny DeVito is an inch shorter and 13% weaker than we previously expected. Um, anyway, I have no idea how that works. But it's certainly interesting. I can understand why it might make you think that the person is stronger. Because a person with a shaved head, like a skinhead, is often quite intimidating. You know, you kind of, oh, you know, don't want to mess with him, skinhead, you know. But uh, I don't know if it makes him seem taller, does it? I don't know. But it's certainly an interesting fact. What do you think, listeners? Uh, I mean, is there any way of measuring this? Do you feel like people with bald heads are stronger and taller than people with hair? I don't know. It's a weird one. Let's move on to the next uh, nine fact. Uh, and uh, apparently this xanthophobia. Uh, Zanthob- Z- xanthophobia. Any idea what that is? Xanthophobia. Well, it's a phobia, which we know is, you know, an irrational fear of something. Like we have different types of phobia, like arachnophobia, which is the irrational fear of spiders, which is not that irrational, really, considering some spiders can kill you. Um, so it's not that irrational, but I, I guess it extends to even harmless little spiders. But arachnophobia, yeah, there's the fear of spiders, and there's other ones like claustrophobia, the fear of enclosed spaces, and, and so on. And xanthophobia is is what? Well, it's the fear of the colour yellow. What a bizarre fear to have. That must be very inconvenient if you're scared of the colour yellow. How would that affect your life? If you're just going around and you're scared of yellow, I wonder how that manifests itself. If it's just pure terror, when you come across the colour yellow, are you struck down with absolute terror? Or is it, um, you know, is it just like, uh, you know, it's a bit, a bit of fear. I'd love to know exactly how that works. I'm just imagining having that because I'm looking around. I don't see much yellow where I am. So I'm kind of safe here. But if I went down into the street and walked to the shops, I'm sure I'd end up like coming across a mcdonald's or something and then i'd be like ah no i'd have to run home i wonder how that that works out but i'm sure that people with xanthophobia they they certainly don't like the simpsons or mcdonald's that's for sure uh or anything yellow indeed like custard um any yellow thing half of the ukraine you know just half of it uh, it's just impossible for people with xanthophobia to deal with because obviously Ukraine is half yellow and half blue, isn't it? That's that's how the whole country is painted. Um, okay, I wonder if that extends to other colours as well. Do you think you can be scared of the colour red or blue or, or other things? How does that even happen? I've no idea, but it's brilliant. Um, let's see, I'm trying to look at my computer screen, but it's so bright, the sunshine is so bright that um, uh, that it's difficult to see. My, my laptop is absolutely boiling hot. It is really hot. I, I probably shouldn't be sitting out here in the, in the direct sunlight. Uh, there is an expression, there's a, a quote in English, which is that 
uh, mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun. I wonder if I've ever said that on the podcast before. Mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the mid- midday sun. Only mad dogs and Englishmen uh, go out in the, mid- the, in the midday sun. In some countries where it's very hot, like maybe, you know, in France sometimes, where it, when it's very hot, people will stay indoors during the, um, the kind of uh, the middle of the day because that's when the sun is at its hottest. So most people will stay indoors. You might even have a, a siesta or something. Certainly in the south of France or in Spain or other Mediterranean countries, you have a little siesta. Uh, and then you come back out again when it's cooled down a bit. And it's only the crazy English people who actually go out during the middle of the day, wandering around the town, getting sunburned, which is what all English tourists do when they go abroad. They go to the local town and they wander around and it's like 1pm, 2pm and the English people are walking around all pink and sunburned. We love to do that. We're stupid. And then we get to the end of the day and we've drunk too much wine and uh, we kind of pass out somewhere. Uh, Mad dogs and Englishmen. So I'm certainly keeping that uh, stereotype alive and well here as I sit outside in the direct sunlight. My laptop almost melting here in front of me. Now, the next fact that I've found as I lean forwards, I've put my laptop on the floor in the shade now. I'm leaning forwards. Um, uh, does it affect my voice if I lean forwards like this? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's certainly not very comfortable. All right, I can't lean forwards like that. That's better, isn't it? Okay, I'm back to normal again. Um, and a fact here about Hinduism. All right, then, bit of religion. Hinduism believes the conditions of one's present life are due to karma or accumulated good or bad behaviour in past lives. Okay, so this is that idea of reincarnation. That if you act in a certain way throughout your life, that the karma will come back. And, uh, and eventually, when you, when you die, you'll be reincarnated, but as a lower level being. And I think the ultimate aim is to get to nirvana. We've talked about this before. The ultimate aim is to get into Nirvana, not the band, uh, but the, uh, the it's like heaven, isn't it? It's like bliss, like achieving total consciousness. That's the idea. Not getting into the rock band. We've been through that in the in the past on this podcast. Uh, but if you lead a good life, that you you'll be you know consistently reincarnated at a higher level until eventually poof, you're in Nirvana and it's all good and 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 so on. Right? Uh, fine. Okay, we, know, we understand that's the belief. I don't know. I've no idea if that's true. Uh, I don't know how you work that out, but it would be quite good, wouldn't it? I don't know. Would that be good? What happens if you do something wrong? Because then you end up as a slug. Like, is it, is it possible that you can kind of... If you do something wrong as a human... Because humans, we, we know what we're doing. We're self-aware, right? We're, we're sort of sentient beings. And we have to make a choice between right and wrong, don't we? Right? We know about this... In fact, we've read about it in certain religions, like, for example, Hinduism, which has told us that if we, you know, follow the morally correct path in life, that we will be reincarnated as a higher level being. Okay, now humans can understand that because we've got the whole thinking thing going on. Now, if you do bad things during your life and you get, like, graded down into a a worm or a caterpillar or a, a a bug or anything, any animal like a, a, a badger or an, like a scorpion or like, you know, any, just pick an animal, a giraffe, an elk, you know, a bear, a, um, a weevil, any animal at all, you become that. Now, those animals, they don't know, do they? They don't, they're not aware of the moral code. 
They don't know if something's a good thing or a bad thing to do, you know? So if you get downgraded to the level of a slug, then you're screwed, aren't you? Because that slug's got no idea. It, you know, it hasn't been told. It can't understand the rules of the moralities. So, you know, you just got to hope and pray that that slug just happens to do the right thing. And it's just by coincidence, you end up getting upgraded to human again, where you can carry on as normal. I don't mean to be offensive here. I'm genuinely asking questions. I'm probably offending lots of people right now uh, because I'm making fun of uh, the idea of reincarnation, uh, which is just great. You know, I always love to do that. Love to make fun of uh, all the world's religions, really offend as many people as uh, I possibly can. I don't, of course. Um, But uh, no, I, I would like to know. That's the thing, right? I'm not just sort of teasing you're not just pulling your leg i genuinely would like to know i'm sure i have listeners uh, to this podcast who believe in reincarnation okay and who um can explain more to me about it i'm i'm quite up for the idea you know it's not like i'm against the idea i'm i'm quite up for it um i i find it fascinating um i think it would be very interesting if we did get reincarnated as something else um and i hope that i've led a good enough life to go go up to the next level i don't know what the next level is from human um maybe it's just like a, a slightly better human like slightly slightly more intelligent better person or something i don't know maybe i'll just be a little bit better at tennis next time which won't be difficult because i'm rubbish at tennis anyway i don't mean to you know make fun i'm genuinely just playing around and i'd like to know more about all of that um So here's the next one, and this is an indictment of modern society uh, in the world today. This fact says that more people in the world are suffering from obesity than from hunger. Okay, more people in the world are suffering from obesity than from hunger. Now, is that good or not good? Do you know what I mean? Is that a good thing or not a good thing? Let's start by saying it's not a good thing, because it means that there are people in hunger who don't have enough food and then there are lots of people who've got more food than they need and they could be giving it to the people who are in hunger obviously that's bad that's obviously a very bad thing but also the the statistic seems to suggest that most of the world is is doing all right that most of the world's got enough food so i guess it means that a minority of the world is suffering from hunger and the 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 fat people um need to like you know help them out i don't believe that to be honest do I? I don't know. I mean, like, where are all the, the, the obese people? That uh, I guess a lot of them are in America. Uh, we've got a lot in the UK as well. We're one of the Europe's uh, most obese nations. Uh, but um, hunger, suffering from hunger. I mean, we can calculate obesity, right? We can calculate from that. We can calculate that by, you know, getting a sort of body mass index and all that sort of thing and understanding what obesity really means. We can define it. Can we? I mean, d- hunger... I mean, I feel I've got hunger now because I'd quite like to have a sandwich, you know? I guess what they mean is is poverty, surely. People suffering from poverty because we can measure that as well. There's the poverty line. And if you're below the poverty line, then you're in poverty. But hunger, surely anyone who just hasn't eaten for a little bit is hungry. I'm calling BS on this one. I think that's bullshit. I'm moving on. The th- well, I'm not moving on because the main thing is, the, the big thing about this kind of thing with statistics and people in poverty is that we know that, that there's a small mi- minority, like 1% or less in the world who own 
about 99% of the wealth in the world. That's the big tragedy, that a tiny pro, uh, portion of people own a massive portion of the, the wealth. This, this is the huge disparity in wealth that we have today. And that's the big uh, problem. That's the big issue. And this thing about more people are suffering from obesity than hunger. I don't know. I don't know where they're getting that information. I think this website is a load of old shite, to be honest with you. But it's still a bit of fun. Here's one about Led Zeppelin, the rock band. We like Led Zeppelin, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, let's, you know, you know, Led Zeppelin, they did, uh, all their albums, their, their famous albums like Led Zeppelin one and Led Zeppelin two and, uh, Led Zeppelin three. Um, you know them, don't you? I'm going to try and play a, a song, um, by them for you. You obviously, you know, Stairway to Heaven, but, uh, what about the immigrant song? I think this one was used in, um, the new trailer for uh, the Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, which I have to say I'm quite excited about seeing. Um, I haven't talked about superhero movies on the podcast for a while. Have I? I talked about Logan, the Wolverine movie, and basically I really, really liked it. Um, I also went to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I loved. I absolutely loved it. In fact, I sort of enjoyed it more than Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I think the reason for that is when I originally saw Guardians of the Galaxy 1, it was on like a laptop and I didn't really, you know, it was poor quality and I didn't really enjoy it as much as I could have done. And I saw the second one in the cinema and it was brilliant, amazing, the full experience in 3D and everything like that. I don't normally go for 3D, but it was good in this case. Although with 3D, I find that it makes things look like little models. Have you noticed, if you're looking at spaceships in 3D, they look like little models that you could like reach out and grab. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, brilliant, really good fun, uh, lots of like uh, crazy action, some really good character development and, um, and comedy in there. And uh, so I really recommend that. And I saw Logan, which I really like too. But the new Thor movie is coming out soon. And this track is the one that uh, plays in the, uh, in the trailer. And I'm going to play it to you now. But I'm sure we're going to have some sort of advert uh, coming up. Oh, here we go. it's brilliant isn't it and i love the way the lyrics are about sort of like uh norse myths and legends and sort of uh uh like coming from the lands of the ice and snow it's it's really kind of like lord of the rings kind of stuff anyway um so how did i end up talking about led zeppelin well that's it because it's one of the facts on this so-called website which i'm now trying to get back to where is that i've lost it did i oh i'm an idiot I obviously went uh, from Nine Fact to YouTube without opening a new page. It's a schoolboy error. Did I? This is fascinating stuff on the podcast, isn't it? Where I fi- I lose my website. Okay, I found it again. So uh, apparently, Led Zeppelin got their name from a fellow musician who said that their band would go down like a lead balloon. Right. Okay, I know this story. 
I know this story. I bet that Nine Facts don't even know who the fellow musician was, because if they knew, they would have put it in this fact. Uh, so Led Zeppelin, you know the group. We just heard their music. Led Zeppelin, Led like the metal. It's a very heavy metal. You get it on, on people's roofs, on the roofs of their houses. Uh, Led. Uh, but Led spelled L-E-D. And Zeppelin is like a big airship, you know, like a huge airship. And... Um, There was a famous airship, the famous uh, Zeppelin, which one was it, that went down, um, it it, it exploded and didn't fly. And I'm trying to find it here. Famous Zeppelin. As my brain gets fried to death by by the sunlight on my slightly ginger hair the hindenburg disaster hindenburg 1937 a german passenger airship the lz129 hindenburg caught fire and was destroyed during its attempt to dock with its mooring mast at naval air station lakehurst in manchester township new jersey united states okay so loads of people were killed it was horrendous and this hindenburg was a huge airship so anyway that's just an airship that's a zeppelin and if something goes down like a like a well, that's, that's what Led Zeppelin is. All right, fine. Where does that come from, this idea of a lead airship, Led Zeppelin? Well, there's an expression in English which is, if something goes down like a lead balloon, it goes down really badly. Okay? Now, the phrasal verb to go down in this context means to be received by an audience. So if you do a presentation in front of an audience and the audience love it and they give you a standing ovation, they stand up and they applaud you afterwards... <coughs> you know you get a standing ovation at the end of your presentation then it it, then the presentation went down really well the presentation went down well if you do your presentation and it's met with just nothing silence and they hated it then you could say that oh god the presentation went down really badly in fact you could say it went down like a lead balloon okay so it was actually keith moon the drummer from the who who said this when he heard that i think jimmy page and robert plant and the other members of the band were planning on forming this super group uh, to play this kind of heavy metal blues music. And Keith Moon was like, that's going to go down like a lead balloon. I think he said it's going to go down like a Led Zeppelin, in fact. So anyway, that's, that's how Led Zeppelin got their name, from the drummer of The Who, who didn't believe the band would do very well. And in fact, he was wrong, of course. Um, all right, then. So another one about rock music is this one. It's about Jimi Hendrix. Apparently... Jimi Hendrix couldn't read or write music. Jimi Hendrix couldn't read or write music. Well, I'm not surprised by that because lots of uh, these rock stars, um, you know, make it big without having all the musical theory. So reading and being able to read and write music isn't necessarily um, a, uh, a prerequisite for becoming a rock star, right? All you need to do is put your fingers on the, uh, on the fretboard and strum away. And, you know, if you feel it, then you put it down, right? If you feel it, man, then you put it down, you know what I mean? Sounds like some kind of cool musical hipster. you just got to feel the music, man, and then just lay it down. Um, yeah, so I'm not surprised by that. The Beatles also couldn't uh, read or write music, certainly the beginning. Um, all right, then. So here's another fact, and it goes like this. After 80 years, eight children and 50 grandchildren, the 103-year-old man married his 99-year-old bride. Oh my God! So this couple—they've been married. They—they've been together for eighty years, had eight children and fifty grandchildren, and only now they decide to actually get married. <laughs> is this guy like? Uh, 
scared of responsibility or what? Because uh, he's probably waiting. No, it's all right. You know, I'm not, not ready to marry her yet. I'm just not ready to settle down, man. You know, I think uh, I'm just too attached to my single days. I'm just not ready to get into the, the, the commitment of getting married. But you've got eight children and 50 grandchildren. I know, but, you know, I just, just really value my freedom. Um, it's, yeah, well, maybe that's what happened. Anyway, there it is. You got, they don't look very happy, I have to say, in the picture. They, they don't look very well. Maybe this is a very tragic story. Maybe this is just tragic. Maybe like one of them doesn't have long to live and he's like his last wish was to marry his bride and they just couldn't afford to do it before. Maybe this is fake news. This is just a tragic story, not just a hilarious fact. After 80 years and eight children and 50 grandchildren, the 100-year-old man married his 99-year-old bride on his deathbed. I don't know. Um, YouTube has over a billion users. Apparently, almost one third of all people on the internet use YouTube, um, which is uh, one of the reasons why YouTube is such a great platform for people like teaching English, because there are lots of English teaching sort of celebrities on YouTube these days, right? Um, when I first started doing this podcast, there was maybe one or two like YouTube teachers. I think there was Mr. Duncan in China. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, kind of middle-aged-ish man who'd obviously lived in China for a while, and he used to do his videos. And I got the impression that his videos were focused mainly on sort of younger learners in China. And he would sort of begin his videos like, Hello, how are you today? Are you fine? I hope so. He always used to kind of speak like that. And he was very successful and popular. And then, um, who else? There was the the teacher from BBC Learning English who would teach idioms in a crazy way. Hi, I'm the teacher, and I'm going to teach you a crazy idiom. You know, uh, like that. Um, but more recently, lots of these YouTube teachers have sprung up uh, on on the internet, and you've got people like English with Lucy, uh, the pretty English girl from the countryside somewhere in England who has got lovely hair and... Uh, uh, she's very gorgeous and she teaches you English. It's, what is it? It's beautiful British English. Uh, you can find her on YouTube. She's very popular. And a number of other people too. And I kind of think, oh, I should be doing that. And then I think, no, nah, I'm all right. I'm fine, actually. I quite enjoy doing the, uh, the audio stuff. But what I have been doing is uploading, simultaneously uploading new episodes onto YouTube. But they're just the audio on YouTube. And this has been confusing a few people. Some people have been going... I can't understand why you upload the audio onto YouTube. And I sort of think to myself, well, obviously it would be better if there were full videos, but um, I don't always have the, the time or the uh, inclination or the data storage space or the bandwidth to put all of my episodes up on YouTube. Um, so I'm quite happy with the audio, and that seems to be the more, the more popular thing, that for a while I was putting up full videos of my episodes onto YouTube, and they, they didn't really get that much attention. I think it's because, really, my podcast is aimed at people who are out and about and doing stuff while listening. That's the thing, right? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get people to listen while kind of multitasking, listen while you're on public transport, when you're walking around, if you're in the gym, if you're going jogging, if you're just walking somewhere, you know, if you're doing the housework, that's really the audience I'm looking for. But um, one thing I have noticed is that on some of the videos, just the audio episodes that I've put onto YouTube, they generate, uh, YouTube can generate uh, automatic subtitles. 
uh, on those videos. So you can actually listen to an episode of the podcast and generate the automatic uh, subtitles at the same time. And it's pretty accurate, actually, especially when it's just me. Um, it's, I would say, 90 to 95% accurate. It's pretty good. Um, not every single video seems to have them. I don't know why. I try to switch them on on all the videos, but some videos accept them and others don't. I don't really know the reason for that. But um, anyway, check it out. You might want to check out the YouTube channel for Luke's English Podcast, where you can see episodes of this podcast um, uploaded there. What I might do is actually use YouTube as my embedded player on my website. So previously, I was just embedding audio players in there. Maybe I should do it with YouTube, because uh, it's just quite a nice player, and you can... I guess you can speed up and slow down the speed. You can turn on the subtitles if you want to. Uh, the only reason for not doing that would be that uh, I would then, like, my statistics would get all split up. And I'd get more YouTube uh, views, but I'd get fewer, like, uh, RSS feed views, you see? And, um, yeah, you see? I like the way I said that then. See, I'd get, I'd get more YouTube views, but I'd get less RSS feed views, see? That's how people used to speak in the olden days. Now look here, see? Especially in, in America. You know, like some kind, of, some kind of gangster from Chicago in the 1920s. Now look here, see? You're going to give me all that money, see? Um, anyway, so... Uh, yes, the YouTube stats go up now, see? But the RSS feed stats, where are they? They're nowhere now, goddammit! Um... Yes, yeah, so um, maybe I shouldn't be putting them up on YouTube. Maybe I should be using YouTube as the embedded player. I don't know. I, I'll be uh, exploring those ideas uh, over the coming weeks, no doubt. If you'd like to give me your input, you can. You could just leave a message on the website in the form of a comment. Oh, my God, I'm seriously hot right now. I'm sweating. Uh, my mouth is a little dry. I think I would like to go and get a glass of water. If I had a beer, I would have consumed it by now. I'm not going to do that because it's a bit early in the afternoon. I think a glass of water should suffice. And I'll be back in just a moment to carry on. And we'll be continuing by talking about coconuts. All right? Coconuts. Coconut water. Um, there's a good fact coming up about coconuts. And I'll give you a clue, right? It's coconuts and blood. What do you think is the connection? What's the fact relating to coconuts and blood? I'm going to go down... Uh, and get some water, otherwise my head will turn into a coconut. All right, I'll be back in, in two shakes of a lamb's tail, which means just a moment. Okay, I've got my water. I've got it here. Oh, yeah, lovely water. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Lovely, lovely water. What would we do without it? We would die. That's what we'd do without it. Um, so what was I talking about? That's it. Coconuts and blood. It's a weird combination, isn't it? It certainly is. How do they connect? Well, apparently, apparently coconut water, uh, the water from a coconut, can be used in emergencies as a substitute for blood plasma. Hmm. Coconut water can be used in emergencies as a substitute for blood plasma. Okay, now this, my mind is going off in a number of different directions here. First of all, what's the emergency? Okay, I imagine it's an emergency at the beach, right? Uh, it's an emergency at the beach somewhere. Let's say, let's say this, you've, be, you've been sunbathing at the beach, it's lovely, it's hot. I don't know why you're there, to be honest, because I'm, I'm not a fan of the beach. You just sit around and bake in the sun. Um, you can't walk on the sand. Uh, you get so hot 
that you feel like you're going to die and melt. Uh, you you um, so you have to go into the shade, which it defeats the whole purpose of being there in the first place. You go to the beach to get some sun, and then you can't actually lie in the sun, so you lie in the shade. Why why are you there? You should have just you can just stay indoors. It's exactly the same thing. Um, it's incredibly hot, so you try to read, but you can't read anything because it's too bright, and the sweat keeps going in your eyes, and you're covered in a weird, oily, like, plasma. There's that word again. Um, and you go into the sea, and then you come out, and you're covered in, like, uh, salt and sand, and it's just miserable. Uh, like Bill Hicks said, I don't understand the appeal of the beach. It's just where dirt meets water. Uh, so anyway, let's say you're at the beach... And the coconut trees are swaying and a coconut falls from the tree, lands on someone's head and they lose a lot of blood. But don't worry, we can use the uh, uh, coconut water to replace the lost blood plasma. Now that, right, fine. So that's, I guess that's how that works. But blood plasma, what, plasma, what is plasma? In fact, I mean, blood plasma isn't just blood. It's something sort of in the blood, isn't it? What, it, what actually is blood plasma? I don't know what plasma is. That's the thing. I'm sure that some of you out there know exactly what plasma is, but maybe some of you also are in the same position as me, and you've heard about plasma, you've read about plasma, okay? You've heard it mentioned in a number of different settings, but you're still not really sure what plasma is exactly. So we've got blood plasma, but there's other types of plasma as well, isn't there? Like, for example, you can have a plasma screen TV, plasma screen. So it's the same stuff, is it? Is that the same plasma that's in your TV, that's in a coconut, and that's in your blood? Is that the same plasma? I don't know. I don't know. There's also, if you play computer games, I'm sure at some point you've picked up a plasma rifle or a plasma gun or something, you know? There's always like plasma uh, guns and things in, in science fiction or computer games. And also like plasma rockets, spaceships, you know, in science fiction, they fly through space using like plasma rockets and they just fire out like white hot plasma out the back. And in also the Matrix, you know, when Neo wakes up from the Matrix and he he pulls the, he wakes up in like a pod, doesn't he, in in the post-apocalyptic world where robots are controlling everyone and everyone basically was born and they live in these plastic pods full of plasma. And he opens the pod and all the plasma comes out. That's plasma as well, isn't it? I don't know what plasma is, but apparently uh, it's in uh, coconut water and you can use it in your blood. So next time you are at the beach, don't worry. Because uh, just remember that coconut water can be used as blood plasma. I don't know how that's going to help you, but it might do. Also, if you get loads of blood, if you get coconut water instead of blood plasma, does that make everything sort of feel all coconutty? Does it taste coconutty in your mouth all the time? It's like, can you smell, can anyone else smell coconut around here? Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's me. It's, uh, I've got, I've got coconut water for blood plasma. You know, sorry. You know, that would be weird, wouldn't it? Is any, in a lift, like, uh, burp, <coughs> excuse me. Can anyone else smell, uh, coconut? Yeah, it's my blood plasma. It's just, just my blood plasma playing up again. Bit too much coconut water. Um, all right. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, next fact is this. Uh, Big Ben. What's Big Ben, ladies and gentlemen? What is it? What is Big Ben? Okay, let's start with where is Big Ben? Where is Big Ben? It's in London. Yes. Where exactly in London? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's in Westminster. It's just on the 
it's just next to the River Thames, next to Westminster Bridge, uh, the Houses of Parliament, and there is the tower that everyone thinks is Big Ben with a clock on the f- on each side and ding dong 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 all that stuff. That yeah, that's Big Ben, isn't it? Yeah. What did you go and see in London? Did you see Big Ben? You know, I saw Big Ben. That's not Big Ben. Yeah, that's not Big Ben. I tell you what. Did you know this? No, Big Ben is not the name of the tower. It's not the name of the clock either. Big Ben is actually the name of the bell inside the tower. That huge bell, dong, dong, every hour it, it, it rings. Uh, that bell is called Big Ben. It's massive, absolutely massive. The tower apparently is officially known as Elizabeth Tower, and it was completed in 1859. So there you go. There's a useless fact for you. Uh, fact finders. A useless fact for you. Let's carry on, shall we? Are you learning things? Maybe you're forgetting things that you used to know. I don't know. But anyway, um, let's see if we can carry on uh, here. And the next fact is about alcohol. Hmm. Interesting. This one is that apparently alcohol kills one person every 10 seconds worldwide. One person every 10 seconds. One person every 10 seconds. Bloody, Bloody hell. Uh, I guess the thing to do is don't be that person. Um, I don't suppose it's the same person over and over again. Of course not. No. <laughs> I, I remember I used to see a... Uh, I used to live next to a locksmith, right? A locksmith is uh, a shop that sells locks and keys. They cut keys for you. They sell locks for your front door and your house and stuff. Security things, safes and things like that. And there was a sign in the window of the locksmith that said... Uh, something like one home in Britain gets burgled every day. Yeah. Or like one home in Britain gets burgled every three hours to get burgled means that, uh, you know, your house gets broken into and someone comes in and steals something from it. Like they break into the window and they steal the TV, the plasma screen TV. Okay. Uh, that's the burgle. So one house in Britain gets burgled every three hours or something. And I always used to think, God, that's an unlucky person who lives in that house. Ha, oh, hilarious. Oh, how we used to laugh at that joke. Um, anyway, apparently alcohol kills one person every 10 seconds worldwide. Um, how, I wonder? Maybe through poisoning or the, just the effects of what it does to your body or maybe some of the stupid things that you do when you're drunk. We've all done pretty stupid things when we're drunk, haven't we? Uh, if we've ever been drunk, you probably have done. Oh, I know I have. I remember once... At a like a stag do, you know what a stag do is? A stag do is when uh, a, a guy is getting married and he has a big party with his friends before he gets married. We call it a stag do or a stag party. In America, it's a bachelor party, but here in the UK, stag do. So at a stag do, and I remember like drinking too much, and I we were walking home through the countryside. And I wanted to sit on a wall, and I didn't realize it wasn't a wall, it was a hedge. And I fell through the hedge, fell over into someone's garden, and I sort of cut and scratched myself all over my back and everything. And the, the scratches were there for ages. And uh, I remember my girlfriend was like, what on earth happened to you? And I had to explain what happened. And she couldn't stop laughing, because she always laughs whenever I do anything wrong. Like, literally anything if I'm, let's say, if we're walking down the street together and I'm like kind of walking along and I try to get out of someone's way and I put my one foot just near the edge of the, the pavement and the foot slips off and I like nearly fall over, you know, I kind of trip up, she will be in stitches 
about that. Absolutely in stitches. Anyway, one al- alcohol kills one person every 10 seconds worldwide. Watch out. Don't drink too much. Uh, you know, drink responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. Don't binge drink. Uh, stick to the recommended daily uh, allowance of booze and you'll be all right. Don't, don't drink and drive. Remember that. If you're driving, don't drink. And if you're drinking, don't drive. Um, so uh, I think we're going to do three more of these things. Uh, so the next one says this. Recovering from a breakup is like an addiction to a drug. Researchers found from looking at the brain scans of the brokenhearted. So apparently, if you're addicted to a drug, which drug? Which drug? Because I, I don't think it's as bad as being addicted to heroin, is it? Because heroin is like a seriously debilitating addiction. I mean, it's incredibly hard to, to come off heroin, I think. And then if you are seriously addicted to it, that you have these horrendous withdrawal symptoms. I mean, I've seen the movie Train Spotting, and you see what happens in that film when he comes off heroin. Like the, the devastating effects on your mind and body as you go through days of withdrawal from a heroin addiction. I mean, it's awful, you know, absolutely horrific. Uh, recovering from a breakup, maybe it's the same. I mean, I guess if you, if you really break up hard, you can be depressed for, for a week or two. You might not be able to leave the house. You might be upset and crying. You might feel like the world is falling apart. Would you be physically sick? I suppose it's possible if it's an extreme case. I don't know if it's quite as bad. But the, the statistic, the statistic, the fact, the so-called fact here, says that it's like an addiction to a drug. So which drug would that be? Caffeine? You know, if, I mean, I've had some breakups that aren't, aren't much worse than that. Just some breakups that gave me a bit of a headache, which is like, you know, someone saying, well, look, I don't think it's working out. And me going, no, neither do I. And the person going, well, that's it then. And I go, yeah, okay, have a nice life. Bye. And you have a bit of a headache and then you're all right. So maybe recovering from a breakup is like an addiction to a drug if it's caffeine. Um, Anyway, as as ever, you can write in with your experiences if you want to let me know about how you couldn't sleep and you had hallucinations because of your epic breakup. Um, And uh, so let's see. No man has been on the moon in the last 41 years. No man has been on the moon in the last 41 years. I think that means that no person, I mean, it's not my friend, no man, because I've got a friend uh, called no man. He's from, he's like half Iraqi and half Swiss. He's been on this podcast. He's an extremely funny person. I think he was in episode 181. He doesn't speak uh, like uh, proficient level English, but his English is good. And he's one of the funniest people I know. I should have him back on the podcast. He's, ex- he's just hilarious. He's, he's a professional comedian and in France and in, in other countries too. He's absolutely hilarious. Uh, anyway, no, I'm not talking about no man Hosni. I'm sure that he has never been on the moon, even in the last 40 or 41 years or, or more. But apparently no one, no man has been on the moon in the last 41 years. I wonder if any women have been on the moon in the last 41 years. I doubt it. I guess if the men haven't been there, the women probably haven't been there either. Uh, but apparently there you go in the last 41 years. Because, you know, basically what's the point? What's the point? There's nothing up there. It's just a bunch of dust and footprints. Uh, if you believe all that stuff, obviously there's the conspiracy theory, isn't there, that uh, we never actually landed on the moon. And the whole thing was uh, staged. It's all filmed in a studio directed by um, Stanley Kubrick, I think. That The whole thing was set up so that the Americans could 
get some sense of superiority over the over the Soviets during the uh, the space race. Um, but um, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's that complex, is it? You just get a rocket, fill it, fill it with fuel, point it at the moon, press go, and off you go. Right? Um, I mean. I think that we did land on the moon because you could actually see it happening. If you had a good enough telescope, you could actually watch it happening live. And many people did. Uh, I mean, it definitely happened. Uh, But I do find the conspiracy theories to be interesting, like the idea that the sand, look at the way the sand falls, um, as if, you know, studying grainy black and white uh, footage from the, uh, the 60s makes everyone an expert in sand dispersal. Um, on the moon, you know, like everyone, of course, this isn't how this is how sand would fall on the moon or wouldn't fall. I don't know. And also the thing about the the, the flag that uh, it, in the photos, it appears that the flag is waving. And then the conspiracy theorists are saying, yes, but the flag that uh, wouldn't be waving because there's no wind on the moon. Well, it's true, there is no wind on the moon. But of course, you know, they, the astronauts just used a kind of uh, special material, like they made the flags out of aluminium foil or something, which was moulded to look like it was blowing in the wind. So the whole thing, you know, if you just had crappy flags that were hanging down, that would look rubbish. So you have to use some special material to make it look like the flags are actually flying in the wind. So that's that. Anyway, I think that we did land on the moon, but apparently we haven't been back because you kind of think, what's the point? Unless you leave something, it's like, oh god, I left my phone on the moon. I've got to go back. Uh, there's not really any point. I think we've did it. We've done it. We did. We've done our tests on the moon stuff, and it's like, yeah. The scientists afterwards are like, yeah, we've done all our tests, and uh, it's dust. It's just grey dust. That's it. Okay, let's have the next one. Um, <laughs> this is a good one. This is the last one I'm going to do, um, and it's. Uh, it goes like this. I don't know where they got this one from, but I like it. It says, a new word in English is created every 98 minutes. What? Really? A new word every 98 minutes? Bollocks. Come on. That's got to be bollocks, hasn't it? Where do they get that one from? I mean, I know that new words come along all the time, right? New words do come up all the time, and uh, uh, they do get added to the dictionary every year. You can see lists of them at the Oxford Oxford uh, Dictionary online, um, and uh, you can actually see all the words that have been added. But a new word gets created every ninety eight minutes. How? Like, how does that actually happen? Are people just sort of talking? Well, how was your day today? Well, you know, I had a little bit of a squibbity do and a flibbity boo and a scabbity far, and then I had a schlubbity bum. Uh, you know, is that what people are doing? They're just creating new words. Um, I, I, I'm calling bullshit on that one as well. Um, where are these, maybe, maybe English is taking words from other languages every 98 minutes, but I doubt it. I mean, David Crystal said that there are something like 300 to 600 languages that have influenced English. Okay. So if we take something like 500 languages that have influenced English, and if it's one from each language, Let's say one from one language, and then 98 uh, minutes later, it's one from another language. How many words from each language um, would arrive into English every year? It would be a ridiculously high number, surely. It's impossible. It's bullshit. Okay, right. Good. I'm glad that we uh, settled all of that stuff that um, we've been through. That That's quite good fun. I would recommend that uh, for for English lessons. 
and for you know your Skype conversations on italki or something, you could go through some of those facts and just discuss them and just talk about whatever comes into your mind uh, when you talk about those things. There's, it's actually really, really good fun. And uh, I've really enjoyed doing this lazy uh, episode on the terrace here in the, in the bright sunshine, lazing on a sunny afternoon on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. And I think what I'm going to do now is, um, what, as a tribute to the to this nice relaxing time I've been having, I'm going to play some guitar and I'm going to play a song. And it's a song by the Kinks, who were a great band from the 60s. And they did some really, really good songs. And the writer, Ray Davis, uh, was uh, an interesting lyricist with a sort of sardonic, almost melancholic uh, sensibility and I think you're going to like the song it's called Lazing on a Sunny After- Afternoon and I think it's just perfectly appropriate for a day like this thanks for listening speak to you again on the podcast soon but for now goodbye bye 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 <laughs> Left me in my stately home Lazing on a sunny afternoon And I can sell my yacht He's taken everything I've got All I've got's this sunny afternoon Save me, save me, save me from this squeeze I got a big fat mama trying to break me And I love to live so pleasantly Live this life of luxury Lazing on a sunny afternoon In the summertime In the summertime summertime My girlfriend's run off with my car and gone back to her ma and pa telling tales of drunkenness and cruelty but now I'm sitting here sipping at my ice cold beer lazing on this sunny afternoon Help me, help me sail away Or give me two good reasons why I ought to stay And I love to live so pleasantly Live this life of luxury Lazing on a sunny afternoon in the summertime, in the summertime, in the summertime. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.